Welcome to the Wheatful Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Goff, and I'm so excited you're here. I'm an online product shop owner over at Wheat & Honey Co., a business strategist leading women-owned, profitable, and purposeful businesses, and your host here at the Wheatful Woman Podcast. Join us as we have fun and soulful conversation with a bunch of girlfriends pursuing a life full of intention and purpose. We are here to give you space and tools for your holistic wellness journey and hope you leave each episode feeling a bit more full than when you came. All right, Wheatful Women, let's dive in. Today's episode features Jess Clark, co-owner of Sweatnet Nashville and Sweatnet Denver and founder of Coffee Shop Talks. I'm so excited to share this episode with you all today. Jess is a gal that has led in courageous vulnerability and sharing her story and showing up to empower others to do the same. Here's my conversation with Jess. Hey Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, it's always an honor to be on these. Yeah, we're so excited to have you today. I've been following along your fiance Ben Higgins journey and always find so much encouragement and goodness from him and was really excited when this podcast launched and we were just kind of talking about this before the show, but I came across your Instagram account and just had one of those little feelings in my gut you've got to see if she'd come on the show because there's just sometimes that you have those, you have those moments and those gut feelings. And then I started to just look into your blog and all the things that you're doing and really found a lot of commonality in what I feel like this community so desperately needs to hear today. And I'm excited to have an opportunity to firsthand get to know you a little bit more and also let our community get into that a little bit as well. But I'd love to start with just asking you to tell us a little bit about what life looks like for you right now, about your passion for going back to school to get your esthetician's license, about Sweatnet Nashville and Denver, about coffee shop talks, all the things. I'll just give you the floor. (laughs) Well, first of all, I want to thank you for thinking of me. I mean, you talking about the pull on your heart is just the coolest thing. But yes, it definitely feels like and seems like and in reality, it's true that I am all over the place right now. We talked a little bit before we got on about just kind of how you get thrown into certain situations. And I feel like I got thrown into the social media world in a way. It also, and I always say this, it was a conscious decision for me to leave all of my socials public, but I wasn't expecting the audience that I now have. And I quickly realized that I was completely unqualified for it. And so I think that it's always been like an insecurity of mine of if I'm doing things correctly, if I'm posting what the community wants, like all of that. And lots of times I forgot about things that were important to me. And suddenly, I guess, gosh, a couple of months ago, I realized I'm talking about skincare a lot. And this is something I'm very passionate about because I've done research on my own And I was like, but again, I'm just unqualified to be talking about this. And I feel weird talking about it on Instagram so much without like, I know what I know, but none of it's really like scientifically backed. I mean, it is, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. The idea of being an expert in something really excited me. And so I talked to my esthetician and she was like, this is where I went. 
and everything just kind of worked out where there's a space in a class that was only Monday to Wednesday for six months so I can still travel and see my fiance on the weekends and it randomly opened up in this school in Nashville and it just all fell into place and it happened within like two weeks of me making the decision and so I know it's the right thing and it already the confidence it's instilled in me in that the information is like easy for me to retain and the skills are easy for me to learn I'm like this is definitely the right thing for me to be doing right now and it makes it has made social media a little bit more fun for me because already a month and a half in I feel more qualified which Mm -hmm. is really sweet so that's that story. As I'm in school, I also am still co-owner of Sweatnet Nashville and Sweatnet Denver. And that actually happened because a friend of mine reached out to me last July about being events coordinator for her. She licensed Sweatnet into Nashville. And about a month of me helping with events, she asked me to become co-owner. And then in January, the headquarters of Sweatnet, which is in Charlotte, said, hey, Denver's available that's where my fiance lives and I'm going to be moving there closer to when we're getting married. And so that just kind of fell into my lap too. And it's been really wonderful and sweet. And it's been hard right now in COVID because most of what we do is events focused and community driven and supporting local businesses that just simply are not open right now. And Mm -hmm. so that's been a little bit slower, which also makes school make more sense for right now. Yeah. The timing Um, of that is crazy. Crazy. And as much as I am resentful towards COVID and all of the horrible things that have come with it, it's kind of been a blessing because I don't think I would have gone to school or any of that stuff or spend as much time with my family or my fiance if it hadn't happened. So Mm -hmm. you kind of have to see the light in that as well. Yeah. The last thing you asked about was coffee shop talks. I never wanted for it to be online. I bought the domain this time last fall after a meeting with one of my friends who is a Christian author. And she was like, I buy the domain to every book I write. And so if you have an idea, just buy the domain just in case. And I was like, okay, whatever. So I went home and bought the domain for the website, but I had been hosting or I had been meeting up with women ever since college really when I became a believer and the vulnerability that comes from getting coffee with someone in a coffee shop is kind of crazy. Like Mm -hmm. some of the deepest talks I've ever had have been in a very public setting, but there's just something intimate about, I don't know, sitting directly in front of someone else. And so I got more confidence in my testimony and my story by sharing it one-on-one with these women. And I realized that they got more confidence in theirs when I was vulnerable with them in return. And so then I started to host these kind of bigger gatherings in Nashville, but it was always encouraged to, you know, come if you've been crying in the bathroom, come in your sweatpants, there's not going to be photos. This is just a place for us to gather almost like a women's retreat, but on like a Tuesday night. Yeah. And, um, So I did a couple of those in person and then once again, COVID hit. And so I decided, well, I have this website, so might as well jump in. Mm -hmm. Might as well use it. Yeah. (laughs) We were talking about that before we jumped on here. And I I think that's a really cool, that's something that's really neat that you and I share is that recently we've been able to walk through a lot of those things where 
you don't so much have this passion that you're striving for, but the Lord blesses you with little bits of sight of where he's leading us. And he just shows us that next right thing. Like you talking with your friend, why don't you buy the domain? And then it turns into events. It turns into having this blog. It turns into you being able to share pieces of who you are and what God's doing through you to empower other women. And it's hard to tell what the next year will hold for all that. We have no idea, but I think that's part of the beauty. And it would probably be too much for us. If we could see all of it up front, it would probably be too much for us to say yes to. And God knows that. So mm-hmm. he gives us those bite size. Here's the next piece. I'm asking you to do this next thing. Oh, I love that. You're right. Cause yeah, if this time last year, God had told me you're going to do all these things within a year, I would have run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> yeah. There's not enough of me to do that. Yeah. But somehow, yeah, you're right. He gives us kind of the little bites and then we, we keep going. Mm-hmm. So you talk about through all these things that you're doing, you talk about the power of connection and of community. And I'd love to shift to hear more about how connection and community have impacted your life personally and how that's empowered you to want that for other women too. Yeah. So I think I, I lived in isolation for a lot of my life and I'm very open about talking about the fact that I did have an eating disorder. Um, I think it started in high school and then it went into college. I was a competitive athlete and I lived in my own little bubble. Like every mealtime I would eat by myself. I was a little bit ashamed. Um, I had a lot of guilt around food. I didn't think that anyone understood like my mentality about being a competitor and all these things. And I just would isolate myself. I would leave sleepovers early in high school. I wouldn't really leave my dorm room in college. Um, And then when I realized, I guess, I was 20 or 21 and I realized that I had an issue and I needed to address it. And so I quit running and I quit my, I was studying to be pre-med and I quit that and I switched and just all of the things. And in that, the Lord also gave me a community of people that really poured into me and really loved me so well. And they're my best friends still today, but I realized how important that is because I didn't have any of the things that had previously defined me. I wasn't an athlete anymore. I wasn't going to be a doctor anymore. I wasn't all of these things that I'd put my identity in. And yet I had more people loving me. And I realized the importance of that and how it kind of like drove me to become my best version of myself. And I just ever since then have realized how important it is to surround yourself, not just with people, but with the right people and the right community. And it's helped me kind of shift my identity to who I think the Lord created me to be. And it's also made me a little bit more brave because I realized that these people do love me no matter what. So I I think my goal in life now really is to show women that like that's what we're here for is to support each other and to make each other feel less alone and to be vulnerable and say I get what you're going through I've been there too and I love you anyways because I don't think that we hear that often enough from other women particularly Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I could not agree more. I could not agree. I'm listening to this, just getting caught up in the conversation, forgetting, oh, I, I need to respond with another question here. <laughs> <laughs> I could not agree more. And I have experienced that personally as well of growing up, not realizing what I didn't have. I didn't realize the community that was out there for me to have. Mm -hmm. And when you haven't had it before, or you haven't had somebody tell you, there are women out there that want to surround you and love you no matter what. And they want to walk alongside you and they want to be your cheerleader and they want to be there for the good, the bad, and the ugly with you. If you haven't experienced that or seen someone else experience it, you don't really know what you're missing. And I hope today that as you're sharing about what that's looked like for you, that there are women that listen to this and think, okay, it's time for me. It is time for me to be that friend I want to have. It's time for me to be courageous and put myself out there, to ask somebody to grab a cup of coffee or to take a walk. It's time for me to do that because I deserve that. And not only is it going to make my life fuller, but it's probably going to make someone else's life fuller that maybe hasn't had that revelation yet that it's something that they want, but you can show them that they want it. Yeah. We live so alone and so many people are so lonely. Everybody wants that. Yes. My fiance frequently talks about how we are living in the most connected time, but also the most lonely time because our connection isn't in person. It's through a screen. And that's why I was initially so against starting a website is because I was like, we, I want that like in-person human connection. Like I want to be looking someone in the eyeballs as they're telling me their story, but I've been proven wrong because the connection that you can feel through a screen is real when you're talking about the right things. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think you're exactly right. We are lonely and isolated people and we just don't need to be. Mm -hmm. And we all want the same things. It's yes. just one person having the courage to have a conversation with a stranger or reach out and ask somebody to take a walk. It can be that simple. And it's amazing how people respond when you do that. My yeah. husband and I live in an apartment complex in Grapevine, Texas, right in between Dallas and Fort Worth. And COVID and quarantine has been a shift for us in recognizing the people that are right around us. We were guilty of living very, very busy lives and just in and out of the apartment all the time. And with quarantine, there's probably six buildings in our complex and we're now spending time with the people that are right around us. We go to the dog park and on Friday nights, we'll hang out for four hours with all the other dog park people. And we've made all these friends that I now consider people we're very close to. We know what's going on in their lives with their families, with their friends, with their jobs, because we talk to them every day. And it's kind of, it's been convicting and also so rewarding because the Lord has shown me, you could have missed this entirely. If you didn't slow down, you could have missed all these people. So it goes back to what you were saying about having the courage to be that person to be friendly and to say hello and not assume someone doesn't want to be your friend. Cause yeah. almost every time if you start talking to somebody, they want that too. Yes. Yeah. I've never reached out to someone to spend time together and they're like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> yeah. I have plenty of friends. I don't need another one. Yeah. You know, no one says that. So yeah, you're right. And I love what you said about slowing down. That's been another 
coronavirus takeaway for me is slowing down and like it's okay to spread out my schedule over three weeks and not cram it all into one week so that I can actually be intentional with the people around me and be super Mm -hmm. present that's something I've really learned is it's not it's not quantity it's quality time so I love that you recognize that and said that that's kind of the connecting point to you and your neighbors Mm -hmm. yeah and you have to take care of yourself to be able to do that too And I think part of slowing down is recognizing I'm not lazy because I needed a little bit more sleep today, or I'm not lazy because this weekend I can't be go, go, go. I need to recharge. And I'm sure you experienced some of that with traveling. How often do you travel back and forth from Denver to Nashville? Well, pre, I guess, you know, this time last year, we wouldn't go more than two weeks without seeing each other. So, um, Lots of times it wouldn't even be Denver or Nashville because Ben, my fiance, travels for his work anyways. So lots of times we'd just be meeting up in another city. Oh, cool. But I would probably travel at least twice a month. I earned a companion pass on Southwest. (laughs) Awesome. Is wonderful, but crazy that I was able to do that. So yeah, I, I traveled a lot, which definitely makes it hard, especially to keep friendships or help people understand how much I care about them because my love language is quality time. So when I'm not giving that to other people, I'm like, Oh, they're not, they're going to have no idea how much I love them. (laughs) But I've learned that there are other ways to show that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I'm really working on right now is paying attention to different love languages and how the people in my life feel loved versus giving love the way I receive it. Because I'm words of affirmation through and through. So I believe if I send a voice memo or a text message, that person is going to know how much I love them. And I'm learning because one of my girlfriends was brutally honest with me and told me, I love that and I appreciate it, but I need to see your face. Quality time to me is being with you and us driving back and forth from my suburb to Dallas so that I can see her. And that's interesting that you bring that up because that's something that I'm really fixated on right now and trying to learn more about is paying attention and asking questions. How do you feel loved? How do you feel seen? Because it is different for everybody. Yeah. And when you figure out like each person's individual individual needs in that, it's actually really cool how well you can love people. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of get off the treadmill and you start walking towards them and um I think that's really a great thing to focus on that's inspiring me to reach out to my friends and be like, hey, just curious, what's your love language? <laughs> 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 Jessica do it on a Wednesday. But. Yeah. <laughs> Especially right now, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, man. So before we jumped on this call, I really, really enjoyed digging into your blog a little bit and just learning about all these different things that make you you. And one of the things that I really enjoyed reading about was your relationship driven faith. And that's something that I really feel the Lord has called me into, especially with this podcast is to show women that our faith is grounded in love and loving ourselves, and loving other people and having that living relationship with God. And I saw that so much through your writing and your post and found myself just saying, yes, yes, this is so good. (laughs) So I, would love to give you space to talk about, has your faith always looked like this? What has the journey to a relationship-driven faith looked like for you? 
I love this question. I've actually never been asked it. So thank you for asking it. Of course. Um, I mean, obviously relationships are important to me. It's kind of become like my life mission, but I grew up in a Christian household and I had the opportunity to go to a very, very small Christian school, kindergarten through 12th grade. And it gave me more Bible knowledge and information than I could have ever dreamed of having. And I'm so thankful for that. But something that I think comes with that is Christianity and knowing the Lord just kind of became like a daily habit. And it was like, I'll go to Bible class, I'll go to chapel, I'll go to church. And those are just my activities, almost like school and homework and like practice. And so it wasn't, and I already am such a regimented person, especially in that season of my life where I was I had all these goals and everything like that. And so it was just kind of daily habits. And then in college, I totally straight away, I had no one telling me to go to church, no Bible class, no nothing. And I didn't open my Bible or even really think about the Lord unless I was crying out in pain during track practice. (laughs) And um, so then after I quit everything, as I talked about earlier, I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord or a desire for one at all. And randomly in one of my classes in school, I had taken notes for a girl that I didn't know because she had to go, she had to miss school one day. And I gave her my notes that I took for her and she looked at me, she was younger than me. And she looked at me and she was like, Hey, this is so weird. But like, I feel like I need to invite you to church with me on Sunday. And I was like, okay, that is weird. No one's ever mentioned church to me here, but like, sure, I'll go with you. My mom was in town. And so me and my mom went to church with her and her mom. And it kind of reminded me like how cool the community is. And then I didn't end up going back to that church, but it just kind of lit up, lit something in me. And one of my, now one of my best friends, Haley was in that same class and she invited me to go to a campus ministry meeting with her. And at this point I had no friends because I had quit my community of track and I was really just looking for friends. And I was like, okay, yeah, like this Haley is beautiful. She's a Texas girl, but she's like this beautiful girl that everyone at Ole Miss just loves. And I still adore and we talk and she's great. And she invited me to go to this campus ministry with her and we became friends and she kind of like showed me how Christians or people that believe in God, like love other people. And it's not like, they didn't care that I hadn't been to church in two, three years. And they didn't care that I hadn't opened my Bible or anything like that. Like they cared about me and they wanted to know me. And the more time I spent around those people, the more I realized like, this is the love that Jesus offers. It's not me doing my specific quiet time for exactly 45 minutes every single morning. That's not what makes him happy. What makes him happy is me showing love to others and loving him through my actions and words. And it has nothing to do with a rule book. You know, it has to do with talking to him and then listening in return, Mm -hmm. which is what a relationship is. It's not just Like if I had a friend that came up to me and just kept asking me for things, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be their friend. I would be like, you know what? You're draining. I probably don't need to be around you all that often. Mm -hmm. But when I, when you have a relationship with someone where you are giving and receiving and talking and listening, like that's a friendship and that's a relationship. And that's where I found 
I feel the Lord more and more whenever I'm taking that time. And I'm not just trying to do things the correct way, but I'm trying to do things in a way that shows how much I appreciate him loving me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love him back because I was so far away from him and he pulled me back into him through other people and through friendships like that are earthly. But he just used those people as his vessel to show me, you know, I love you no matter what you've done, no matter the thoughts that you've had, no matter the abuse to yourself that you, you know, inflicted. I love you anyways. And because I feel that love so deeply, I want to love him in return. The listening part is the hard part. And (laughs) I'd love to talk about that just a little bit more and what that looks like for you. What are some examples or anything that you can speak into listening to hear God that you could encourage our community with? So this is really hard for me because I do not sit still and I do not sit in silence. I like it. It's so horrible and I need to do a better (laughs) job of it. And so I think that I just, one of my daily prayers is that I have an open heart and open mind and that God softens my heart to listen to him. And so it's more like a habit or I guess a habit that I've gotten into is just inviting the Lord in and saying like, I'm open to it. And usually when I invite him in and say, I'm open and he will show me, I say God loves to give me neon signs, like even the sweat net and the school and all of those things. Like I couldn't ignore those working out. Um, but I don't sit in silence. My fiance sits in silence and that's where he finds the Lord, but I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it looks different for everyone, but I think one thing that helps and that I think everyone should start to practice really is the prayer of like, soften my heart to be accepting to your message and allow me the ears to listen. And when you are praying that sincerely, the Lord's going to show up. Mm-hmm. I did a study um, by Jenny Allen and she talks about praying the anything prayer. And I did that. Like I prayed the anything prayer for a couple months and I was like, nothing's happening, but it's because I just said the words and I didn't really mean them. And so that heart change is what opens you up to the things that the Lord has, but you can't change your heart. Only he can. I love Jenny Allen. Love her. And I have not heard about this anything prayer. Can you tell us more about that? From um, a study, oh gosh, made for this is her study. Yes, yes. And it kind of goes all into the web of your life and all of this, but the conclusion is well, you want to be able to pray this anything prayer and then do the anything. And it's going to be scary and risky and probably not what you expected your life to look like. But if you have the faith, and say anything, whatever it is, it's going to be really cool what's going to happen. Man, I've got to get that study. (laughs) It is. So my roommate gave it to me and it has been like the coolest thing ever. Wow. So essentially praying, essentially God's will over your life and God, whatever it is, whatever it is, anything that you're going to give me, I'm willing and I know you'll make me able and I'm ready. Is that essentially what the prayer looks like? Yep. And it's like a, 
it's a scary thing to pray. Yeah, I can imagine because you don't know what you're, what you're going to get. No, like he could have been like, okay, well, here's the deal. You're going to go live in a shack somewhere and isolate yourself again, you know, and it could have been really scary. And I probably would have said, no, luckily that's not what he gave me. It could be one day, but hopefully I'll be more prepared for it. Wow. That, that is very scary. And when you pray it from a place of being ready to receive it, mm-hmm. even though it's scary. Wow. Yep. Well, I was in community with a woman a couple of years ago that was in her early 80s. And we just went around the table and said, what scares you about doing this eight-week program together with strangers? Like, what scares you about just getting together and sharing our lives and allowing the Lord to come in? And I'll never forget it. This spunky 82-year-old woman says, I just don't know what he's going to ask me to do, and I don't know that I want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never forget it because we we all feel that way. But for her to actually say that in front of people that she's never met before and just come out and say, I don't know, I don't know which way he's going to lead me and I'm scared it's going to be a way I don't want to go. Yep. Was really cool because once we recognize that, but recognize that he is so much stronger and bigger and better than any of those fears and that we may be afraid of where he asks us to go, but that's because we can't see where he has us going. We just see that next step and it looks scary. But if we could see what he sees, we wouldn't feel that way Mm. because he is all knowing and he is good and he does protect us and provide for us. So that's funny that that came up this morning. Before these conversations, I always pray and just ask the Lord to bring things to our minds and our hearts that we talk about that maybe you and I could have never planned to talk about. But just give us these stirrings because not only are these conversations a really cool place for our community to be spurred on, but it's spurring me on. And I pray over all of our guests that they feel that way too, that they leave conversations and they think, gosh, I feel fuller than I did at eight o'clock when we started that conversation. And that's one of those things today that I know I'm going to take with me, that when you step into something that God's asked you to do, and it's a little bit scary, that that's our flesh that has that reaction, but he has so much more through it. Yeah. Oh, I like that. You just have some (laughs) great words. (laughs) Oh, it's so, it's such a good reminder. It's such a good reminder. So one thing that I just keep thinking of that I keep wanting to ask you about is back to that concept of loneliness. And I pulled something from coffee shop talks that I just want to read over this community that you've said. And then I would love to give you space to talk into what you would say in response to that to encourage women that may feel in the thick of feeling really, really alone. So you said, my desire is to share my story with women and hear theirs in return. In the midst of my normal life, I experienced normal problems that most women experience. However, it didn't feel normal to me. It was really painful and I felt really alone. So for the woman that hears that and thinks, yeah, that's me. I'm walking right now listening to this podcast and I feel really, really alone. How would you encourage her today? Open up to someone. I mean, the only reason why I don't feel alone and why I feel like sharing my story is so important is because I did. I did for the first time and I had the girl sitting across from me look at me and say, you need to say this to other people because I have felt that too. 
And it was really scary to do it first. And it was, you know, the piece of my story that I'm the most shameful of is my relationship with my body image and food and the way that I totally abused my body and the scary consequences that come with that. And I was sharing that with this girl over coffee and she was like, you need to do this more often because I relate to this and I didn't think that anyone else on this campus had this issue. And so it took one time of being vulnerable for me to feel less alone. And honestly, the shame that I had felt from my past was gone in that conversation. And I haven't felt shame about my struggles since then, because I know that it's something that the Lord gave me in order to share. And we have hard things in our lives because we're part of a bigger story. And I often think about if every like person in the Bible that God talks about was perfect and never had any issues, I would probably hate the Bible. But the <laughs> fact that he highlights the people that have all the issues makes me want to keep reading it and learning about how they either came to redemption or chose to follow the Lord, because that's something that I can relate to. And people relate to imperfections and struggles so much more than they relate to perfection. I would never want to be around someone that was perfect all the time. I would be Mm -hmm. so self-conscious because Mm -hmm. I do not say the right things or do the right things hardly at all. So yeah, I would just encourage that woman, you know, it's going to be scary the very, like the first time that you talk to someone, but if the second you open up, you're going to feel so much freedom and it is so worth it. Yeah. And I think you can tell who safe people are and knowing who those people are to share with. And you may not know until you're sitting at a table at a coffee shop, if that's the place for you to share. You may reach out with that intention of, I really want this space to open up to somebody and you may get there. And I believe sometimes you just, you feel a shift and you think, you know what? I don't think this is the space. We're just going to catch up today. And then there may be another time where that's not your intention, but it feels very safe and you want to share and you want to open up. And it's, it's important to follow that intuition, I think, but also not to let fear get in the way of just doing it. Yeah, that's good. I love just the whole premise behind your blog and how you talk about sitting across the table from somebody. That's something that I talk about all the time when my husband asks me, what is your favorite thing that we do together? It's sitting across the table, whether that's in our home or at a restaurant or with family, just that intentionality of being in person, looking them in the eye, like you said, and having that space that you share together where there aren't distractions and you can just be together. Yes. It's a really cool space to connect with people. It's so much more intentional than sitting on the couch and watching TV or being in a busy space. Totally. It's like the best thing. I say the same thing to Ben. He's like, what do you want to do? The other, a couple of weeks ago, it was my birthday. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I just want you to take me on a date so I can just see <laughs> face for a little bit. You know, like you spend so much time shoulder to shoulder or yeah. something like that. And yeah, there's something so intimate about just being right across from someone. It's yeah. Thing. I could not agree more. Because even being in the car, it's different. You're together, yeah. but you're not just able to look at each other and hear each other. No, yep, exactly. Okay, so another thing that I know you've shared before is about long distance. And I'd love to open up that conversation here as we start to wrap up about 
wisdom that you have from experiencing a long distance relationship. And if there's someone that's listening to this that is either currently dating long distance or engaged to someone long distance, or maybe they have a good friend that's walking through it, is there anything that you would share with them to just impact where they are right now and encourage them in that long distance relationship? Yes. So I know that long distance seems like it's going to be the hardest thing and the worst thing possible. And, you know, you'd never want to be without that person. And it's true, but long distance, starting a relationship long distance was the best thing in the world for me because since I had put so much worth previously on my looks and my body and all of this stuff, me and Ben got to know each other over FaceTime. And like what we're saying about sitting across the table from someone and looking them in the eyes, that's basically what FaceTime is, but like you can't even see their body. Ben didn't even know I'm 5'1", and he had no idea how short I was until I met him. <laughs> He's 6'4". So oh, wow. I had to warn him and be like, listen, you're <laughs> in for a surprise. I'm a very small human. But like the fact that he decided to invest into a relationship with me just from getting to know my heart and my words before ever seeing me gave me enough confidence to enter into that relationship with him in a world that I'm not familiar with. But to know that he cared so deeply about who I was as a person, as opposed to how I was used to being perceived by guys, which was as a a girl that they thought was attractive or that they were drawn to for other reasons. And knowing that Ben was drawn to my heart first and foremost, Mm -hmm. made the distance relationship, something that was really good for me. And I also tend to not communicate very directly because I'm a nine peacemaker on the Enneagram. So I just kind of like want people to be happy. So Mm -hmm. I don't tend to voice how I feel and uh, distance has really pushed me in that. And Ben has also. And so um, I think that it's helped our communication. It's helped my confidence in a very strange situation. And I think that it's also kind of helped us talk about the harder things really early on in a relationship. And so if you're in a long distance relationship, I would encourage you to see it as an opportunity to honestly kind of vet the situation. Like if you're on a three hour FaceTime call and y'all run out of things to talk about, and you are scared to bring up something, you need to evaluate why you're afraid to talk about something with this person. Because Like, this is your opportunity to. There's no distractions. And so take it as these times where you can really get to know your significant other's heart. And then for the person that's in a long-distance relationship and has been, I got my best advice from one of my best friends who's basically still doing long-distance with her husband. And she really encouraged me in the fact that when they were dating and doing long-distance, it made their marriage so much sweeter because even the grocery store runs are so fun together because they didn't get to do that when they were dating. Mm, And so like the mundane parts, like sitting on a couch and watching a movie is like so cool to them because they just get to be together. And so you get to like appreciate those little moments so much more. And lots of times the hard conversations happen over the phone. And so when you're together, you just kind of get to focus on having fun. Yeah. And I don't know. I just think there's a security that comes with it, Mm -hmm. but that's not to say that I want it to be forever because I definitely would rather be around Ben than (laughs) not be around him. So that's more of an encouragement if you're in the midst of it, but 
being around that person is infinitely better than being on the phone with them. So I don't want him to think of that, but yeah. definitely be encouraged that distance really can lay a solid foundation for a relationship. Yeah. And just the communication, mm-hmm. you have to communicate and be intentional. And it's probably a lot easier to see that in someone else that that's important to them too, when you're long distance, because they have to make the time to have a conversation that's over the phone or it's virtual. Yeah, exactly. Man. Well, Jess, I'm so, so thankful that you took some time this morning to chat with me. And I have one more question for you as we wrap this up. But before I ask that, I just, I want to say that I so respect you for the way that you step up and are courageous and you're vulnerable and the way that you've stepped into this leadership role where there are women that they may not realize how much vulnerability and strength it takes to to step up and to be that to be somebody that says okay i feel called to share more about me and it feels very very public and i'm so empowered just to get to see that in you and knowing that it's not easy but it's something that every single day you choose to say god will give me the strength that i need to be used by him in this way. So I'd love to end today just with that quick question of asking you, how would you empower other women that look at you and think, oh, I could never do that. I could never be that open and that vulnerable and that just a loving in your approach of sharing your story in hopes it encourages somebody else. If there's someone that feels that way, they could never do that. How would you speak truth into that to them and encourage them that they can? You're making me emotional because I don't feel like I deserve any of those words. (laughs) Um, I really don't. And I don't know. I think it goes back to just that listening and just believing that you are given your entire story because it's part of a bigger one. And so if there's something that you feel like you've been given that no one else has it's your opportunity to speak about it because Mm -hmm. someone else has and someone else is waiting to talk about it and kind of like what i said earlier it it takes away your own shame when you realize that there's someone else that feels the same way and so i just think there's so much power that comes with sharing and you don't fully understand it until you experience it. And I want for everyone to experience it. I just hope that people will share their story, even if it's just through an email or something. There's something really, really cool about it. So I have to start. Mm-hmm. start. Thank you, Jess. You've been such a blessing to my morning. I'm so thankful I got to start my day this way with you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. If you want to get plugged in with Jess, you can find her on Instagram at Clark underscore or online at coffeeshoptalks.com. Did you enjoy this episode? Would you hit that subscribe button, leave us a five-star review, and share this podcast with a girlfriend? A great way to help us get the word out is by screenshotting this episode on your cell phone and tagging us at Wheatful Woman to your Instagram story. We'd love to hear your favorite parts of the show so we can keep creating episodes that show up to serve you. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to catch you next time.